Hello and welcome to episode 125 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon. And I'm Ricardo Benavides, sitting here with Jeremy today in studio. Unfortunately, Brandon can't make it today. He's feeling a little bit under the weather. Yeah, you just like you jumped me like like I was Chris Rock. Oh you know, yeah, that's shit. right. Yeah. Jeez, man. You know I did. Take it easy. <laughs> Take it easy. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Well, you could listen to this podcast anywhere that podcasts are are available. We're on Spotify, Apple iTunes, all that good stuff. Tune in where, wherever you can you can listen to a podcast. We're there for you. Uh, if you could like, rate, review, and share, that would uh, be fantastic as well. Yeah, Ricardo, thank you for coming down, man. Yeah, Brand- me and Brandon actually were supposed to be uh, leaving straight away after we recorded this episode, and I got it posted to Portland for the Trailblazers game tonight. Um, because of our amazing uh, friend of the podcast, Dick Trudell and uh, Bill Walton, they had given us some free tickets, but Brandon, uh, unfortunately, was under the weather, and he was like, oh, I think I think I'll be all right. I just want to. Um, he's just like, I, 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 it's not COVID. I tested myself for COVID. It's either really bad cold or really bad allergies, and I'm like, well, I'm not really trying to to take that gamble. Uh, riding with it with you in a car for four hours today so we'll we'll just push that back to yeah, some and hanging time. out with a thousand of your best friends yeah. <laughs> thousands of them yeah exactly yeah. we did actually go uh this last i guess not this last weekend but uh, a week ago we went to the uh portland trailblazers arena the the moda center down there in portland to watch uh gonzaga in the ncaa men's basketball tournament which was a lot of fun and I actually got to meet up with uh, our friend of the podcast, the guy who'd been on the show, Matt Graff, who was the, up until, I think this was the first year that he wasn't the team manager for Gonzaga. Um, and he's, a, I guess, their fam- his family is friends with, with uh, Mark Few, the coach of Gonzaga. They, they're uh, somehow tied together and... Um, yeah, Mark Few had asked Mac Graff to come and, and help out with the team and, and be around them. And he, he was a really, really good uh, high school football player um, a few years back and ended up falling out of a tree stand uh, in the out when he was hunting in the woods and got paralyzed. And But he's really made the most of it. Like, I mean, that's kind of like what everybody that we have on the oh, show. Oh, yeah, has, exactly. You know? yeah. Everybody's yeah. doing amazing things after after such a tr- tragic accident which is kind of the point of this podcast yeah and i you know i think uh, the reason is is that uh you know once somebody becomes injured no matter you know whether they're paralyzed or they have some traumatic event in their life right um a lot of people use that as motivation or see what's really important in life and just jump on life and live it to the fullest every day and i see that in a lot of your uh, guests Absolutely. You know, and not that it's uh, an easy transition. It's not like, you know, day one, you know, people, you know, they have to cope with their demons and go through, you know, the the loss of their life and into their new life, you know, be reborn, so to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's in it's it's a night that kind of really transitions well into our, our guest today, Bentley Blaze, who, um, you know, uh, she's been kind of making the rounds on some of the uh the uh, spinal cord injury podcasts i guess you could call them there's there's a few of them we were the first 
but that doesn't matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, no, she she's awesome. I've been kind of in touch with her over the last uh, few weeks, trying to to set up having her come on the show, and we were finally able to make it work. And and she's just, I mean, she's got an incredible story, tragic story, like oh, just yeah, 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 insane. Like you couldn't even make this up. And you know, she's really overcome that she's overcome some some drug and uh, like some substance abuse issues yeah yeah and you know her injury stems from uh domestic violence right yeah exactly yeah, yeah you know and uh you know that's how it's it's really sad it was with a gun and how when people lose their tempers you know um shoot what was it yesterday somebody lost their temper and slapped somebody <laughs> yeah. right yeah yeah you know it's, over over yeah. a over a comment over a joke right over being roasted you know i think people right. just need to give people some grace you know and especially when you're in domestic relationships you know um you know the, there's that old saying you know you always hurt the one you love um and it's so true you know because people just can't walk away sometimes and um you know words can escalate violence and hurt people really badly so I think it's important when you're in a conflict with somebody is just to walk away sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, I've had my share of fights before my accident where it like you, you, you don't feel like there's another way out or whatever the case may be, but it's tough to, yeah. I mean, I think my, my thoughts on, on physical violence have changed. Like not that, there's not every once in a while I want to like just slap the shit out of Brandon or <laughs> Matt or any, you know, like, or you, me, or just, <laughs> you know, you get, you get, yeah. Like people can trigger you to, yeah, exactly. to, yeah I mean, yeah. It, it's, I think it takes a lot to be able to, yeah, to step back and, and kind of see it from a, from a bird's eye view and be able to like, be like, oh, this is not good. I need to step back from the situation right now or whatever the case, but yeah, this is a, a tragic story of, of um, domestic violence that is un, just unnecessary, you know? Yeah. And, but, uh, you know, it was a good interview. I hope people enjoy it. Uh, she's an open book, which is nice. Absolutely. She's very candid. I thought that, and I appreciate that so yeah. much, yeah. you know, that, that she's, she's willing to talk about anything. I mean, she definitely, um, you know, we talked about kind of the perception of, the society a whole on like the sexuality of people with disabilities we talked a little bit about that and even beforehand even before you have your disabilities right yeah you know and um people's self-worth you know how people feel about themselves right you know so well yeah because i mean you know you figure and yeah it's it's crazy because there there's this perception that like these you know, whatever. Uh, I, I'm sure it's probably even worse for for women than it is for men. Like the the I like the perfect girl on Instagram or whatever. Like oh, that's right. what you're trying to emulate. To, to emulate, yep. and you know, like it's just it's a. Uh, you know, but that she was never, handles things yeah, well. Yeah. She, I mean, she she's like very open about yeah. her sexuality and, and the way that she felt, and you know, she did a photo shoot and just like realized that she's still the same person you know which is that that's like a big thing for people dealing with a disability like this to to if something can make you feel like you're not 
different or that you're the same or that you're you know because you're the same person regardless if you can walk or not exactly. right so um it, yeah i just thought i thought our conversation was really good i i, I really enjoyed it yeah just like um i'm sure you know you being a young man right when your injury happened to you you probably was you know all kinds of things probably race through your head. But you know what, Jeremy? You're still beautiful. So <laughs> I appreciate you it, always man. have been. <laughs> I appreciate it. I like to hear, that's what I like to hear, Ricardo. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to smack you when we get off off the air, okay? <laughs> okay, all right. So, um, anyway, well, yeah, let's let's get to that interview real quick. I think it's really good. It's uh, you know, she We cover a lot of topics, and, and she's, like, like Ricardo said, she's an open book, which is very uh, refreshing, I, I feel like, and in doing these interviews so yeah uh, yeah we'll get to her right now here's bentley blaze and we will talk to you guys on the other side all right this week on the live to walk again podcast we are lucky enough to visit with bentley blaze uh, bentley is a horticulture scientist an inclusivity advocate a painter a tattoo collector uh, it says animal whisperer on her Instagram page and, uh, and she's a spinal cord injury survivor as well. So Bentley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm glad we were, I, I know I've seen you on a few uh, of the other kind of podcasts and uh, like live to roll and, and some of those uh, spots. And I just was like, I gotta, I, I gotta reach out and see if I can get you on, on to talk a little bit about your, your story on our show. Absolutely, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited. So, you know, for anybody that doesn't already know your story, Bentley, can you tell us a little bit about how you were injured and, and ended up with a spinal cord injury? Yeah, um, in 2013, I was shot six times, uh, but my at the time boyfriend, it was a domestic violence situation, and the final shot hit me in the back. Oh my God. So, like, that's mind blowing. Um, obviously, like, anytime uh, you suffer a spinal cord injury, it's, it's, like kind of traumatic yeah <laughs> but like uh, let alone being shot by um your boyfriend uh what so how did did you go to like I'm yeah I didn't even realize that that was what had happened so I'm like blown away how like where so now that's a typical that's a typical reaction I've kind of become accustomed to that most people assume that um, I was in a car accident or was born this way, you know, that's the typical thing whenever someone asks how you were afflicted with your spinal cord injury. So it's completely understandable. Um, and it's not a typical thing to be shot. So it's completely understandable. Yeah. Well, so where did you go? You know, my next question for people is normally like, how, you know, how long were you in rehab? Where'd you go to rehab at and things like that? Um, so how, like, were you, you know, what, what was like the, the aftermath of the shooting? Like, I mean, how long did you spend in the hospital? Obviously you probably have to be treated for your gunshot wounds before they can even really, you know, start working on you with rehab or anything. So how, how did everything go after that happened? Well, my injuries were very extensive. Like as we were discussing, um, I got shot six other places besides my spinal cord. Um, so I'll just kind of dive into that and elaborate a little bit. So um, the first shot hit me in the stomach 
and how my injuries are, they're all the way around my body. It goes all the way from the front, all the way to the back, because I did turn to run whenever he started shooting me. Um, I didn't know he had, like, I knew he had firearms, but I didn't know it was pointed at me. It was dark. And until the room was lit up from the actual gunshot, I didn't know I was being shot. I felt like he kicked me in the stomach and I knew that that couldn't be possible because he was too far away. He was approximately like six to eight feet away, probably. And so when I turned to run, like I had put my hands up and my arm was hit and it completely shattered my ulna. It blew everything out. And I lost one of my fingers. Um, and these two are just there for aesthetics. I basically am like a little claw machine. These fuckers don't do anything. <laughs> and so, um, and then I also got shot in the leg and like the lower part of my back as well. Oh my God. And I can't imagine trying to rehab from a spinal cord injury as a, so what level injury are you? First of all, I'm an L2 partial L3 incomplete. And, um, like I had to have, I was at a local hospital for a little over a month. Uh, I had to have part of my organs removed. I had a, my kidney removed, part of my stomach, part of my small intestine, part of my bladder, and so, you know, I couldn't eat or anything for several weeks. And that was an ordeal in itself. And, you know, I couldn't even drink water. They had to sponge my tongue and I had fluids and it was an intense experience, you know, but you're on so many pharmaceuticals and so many narcotics, you really, you're just kind of in limbo at that juncture. And so I also had to have, I had a giant external fixator on my arm. And I had like several reconstructive surgeries on both like, my hand and my arm. So it, it was a process even just to get to rehab. And fortunately, I got to go to Craig Hospital in Inglewood, Colorado, um, which I'm sure you're aware is an amazing rehabilitation. So I really was blessed to get to go there. And um, after the first you know, a little over a month, I air ambulance rode to Colorado. And um, again, I was essentially a quadriplegic because I couldn't use either one of my arms or my hands. And I really couldn't feel anything below my injury. I could move and stuff, but I couldn't feel. And so I can only do so much physical therapy when I don't have my hands or my arms. And I also had nerve damage in my right hand and so these four fingers were stuck and I couldn't use them at all so I just had my thumbs and this finger for um eight nine months until I had reconstructive surgery and I had a tendon transplant done from my arm so I can use my fingers oh my gosh so, so I kind of yeah how long did you spend in rehab before you I mean like before you're able to start transferring yourself and things like that. I mean, it was just like that, that was like through the whole nine months, you weren't able to do any of this stuff because of the. Well, I, I went back twice. So I went for approximately four weeks and mostly did occupational therapy and I got to swim and do things like that. It was very minimal as far as therapy went. And they gave my family the option to, either put me in a nursing home for six to eight weeks or go home and heal. And my parents took me home and 
I had the surgery and then I went back to Craig Hospital the following March, I believe. This all they sent me home in December. I stayed home and then I went back in to in March until I was physically able to do more. Wow. So like two trips through through rehab, that's that's gotta be intense too. Cause I know, you know, I mean, obviously anytime you're dealing with with rehabbing from a spinal cord injury alone is is a pretty traumatic uh, event. So can't even imagine doing that twice. Uh, I, yeah, that's that's just mind-blowing what you had to go through i'm so sorry that 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 happened to you family um what like what happened to your so what happened to your at the you know your boyfriend at the time that that shot you is that's a complicated story but um he claimed self-defense and he did not get in trouble he unloaded a whole clip into me and my family was just so happy that i survived and his family is wealthy and we just didn't want to fight it and wow. we're just happy that I made it and so I don't know where he is or what he's doing so he's that's not anywhere around me so that's all that I know right oh my god I I can't even like that's got to be trauma in, in and of itself right there so I'm so sorry yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't mean to keep, yeah. I don't mean to rehash uh, all this negative stuff so much. So, um, you know, just kind of transitioning, um, you know, back, I guess, to when you did get out of, of your second stint in, in rehab at, at Craig hospital. Um, you know, what was the, the transition process like for you um, coming out of the hospital and kind of getting into your, I guess the new reality of, of having a spinal cord injury. There was no new reality for me. Um, for really, I, I, I kind of got stuck in existence more or less than living. And it took me many, many years before I actually took my life back as someone with a spinal cord injury. I lived with my family for about five years post-injury. And I took the initiative to get off of all of my pharmaceuticals and I decided to move out and go back to school. And that's when I really decided like, I'm going to live fully regardless of um, a body that's not fully functioning. So. Oh, that's, that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, I, I know you mentioned the pharmaceutical, uh, getting off of the pharmaceuticals and stuff. And I know you've talked, you're pretty open on social media about um, being, you know, clean and sober um, for, I think you just. Mm, Clean subjective. I definitely use plant medicine, but I am sober. I don't, I don't drink or use drugs, um, but you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Subjective. Live to walk again podcast doesn't consider weed a drug anyway. So, uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, so what, you know, what was, was that something you battled prior to your injury and then it exacerbated it, um, you know, with your spinal cord injury or, or did, is that just all kind of getting put on a bunch of pain medicine and stuff like that, that, that kind of caused your, your, uh, substance abuse issues and, no, not at all. <laughs> um, you know, I've always been a recreational user. I've always been a party girl. I've always like dabbled and had fun here and there. Like I, 
the list of what I haven't used is much shorter than the list of what, of what I have used, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And um, with the pharmaceuticals, you know, clearly I, I definitely abused my opioids and uh, that was just, I didn't want to be here. And I didn't have an addiction to my pharmaceuticals though. I had a dependency and I would just take more than I was supposed to. So I didn't have to be here. And that's the whole thing with my addictions is an escape. It's not necessarily the substance, but I just don't want to be here. And I also am very hyperactive. And so my brain never stops. And that was the only way I could find alleviation of the vast majority of the time. And with my drinking, my best friend passed away in 2018, unexpectedly um, of a heroin overdose, and I didn't handle it well, clearly. <laughs> and I really just exploded in 2020, uh, which was, you know, hard time, a terrible time for a lot of us. But my addictions really took hold of me. And um, I just didn't care anymore. And I was drinking a pint to a fifth of vodka every single day and I was doing a lot of cocaine and just living very recklessly like I was trying to drown my sorrows and booze and blow and booty calls and just the void that just never was filled right. wow yeah 2020 was hard for everybody so yeah I mean especially yeah dealing with the death of a friend and all these other things like it's got to add up you know pretty pretty heavily um so yeah I mean and, and you know, getting yourself clean and sober, like, what was that battle like? I mean, because obviously, like, with spinal cord injuries, we for sure deal, I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't have pain on a regular basis, and, and like, pain worse than people, like, walking around can really even know what, you know, they don't even understand, um, like, the joint pain and the, the nerve pain that we deal with, so, um, how, what, like, what was the, the process like? How long did it take you to just go cold turkey and, and, you know, get rid like throw everything away and, and just say, screw it. I'm not going to mess with this anymore. How did it work for you? Are you inquiring about the pharmaceuticals? Yeah. Yeah. Or just, I mean, and, and alcohol too. And I mean, well, I they're very, they're very separate. Okay. Like I, and I quit doing pharmaceuticals many years before but I also have gone back and forth with the alcohol so like after I got shot for four years I didn't drink but I was on so many pharmaceuticals I was much more fucked up on the opioids than the drinking ever did right. and th then I quit using opioids and pharmaceuticals and started drinking again essentially and so it's been like a yo-yo thing I kind of gave up one for the other is how it kind of seems, but I, again, was just tired of existing and not living. And I, I don't even really understand what it was that gave me the foresight to see like, this is enough, but I periodically took the dosages down one prescription at a time. And it took approximately 18 months and I did it all on my own, on my own accord. Like my doctor knew what I was doing, but I just did it with the pharmaceuticals and then the drinking, I had a suicide attempt in October of 2020. And that was kind of the catalyst. I was like, okay, like 
you don't really want to die. You just don't want to be here in the present moment. And I have a lot of traumas and things before my injury that I've never dealt with. And, you know, the irony of the whole situation, which I express to people all the time, the universe literally sat my ass down and I still refuse to sit with my feelings for the better part of a decade. And I had to get right with myself and really reflect in order to find myself for one and in order to reflect on how truly blessed I am. I mean, the fact that I survived what I survived is a miracle and I'm so scientifically driven. It absolutely drove me insane to not be able to come up with a physical reason as far as why I'm alive, because there's not a physical one it's metaphysical entirely. Like I clearly have a bigger purpose and I have to accept that I won't have all the answers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that can definitely be tough to, I know to deal with just, um, you know, why, why am I still here after, after an injury like this, regardless, I mean, you getting shot obviously is much more traumatic than getting, I was in a car accident but it's still, it's like, you know, why? Yeah, I, yeah. it's easy to get kind of- I won't, I won't discredit your trauma in the least bit. And that's what I tell everyone. Your trauma is extremely valid in comparison. And it's the same amount of trauma it is to mine. Just because my experience is atypical, it doesn't mean that my trauma is more than yours. Oh, I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Um, yeah, but it, it, and you know, yeah, I, I, I can, I can definitely relate um, on some levels, like what you're saying about kind of the looking for the the, the answers or, or whatnot, and uh, the why will drive you completely insane yeah, if you let it. Exactly. And it absolutely, it almost broke me. Like you know, on and multiple times, and I've, I've been injured. This is. Um, this will be my, like, I'm on my ninth year, I will have been paralyzed nine years in September. And so I have had a lot of time to grow and evolve and figure it out. And um, I just, it's difficult, regardless of how injured you are, or what it is you're doing, or how functional you are, it's a struggle. It doesn't matter. It's going to be a difficult life living with a spinal cord injury. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, and, and I like how you said that um, you, you mentioned that, it, it, that you're, you are blessed, like that, you know, we, we did, we, we, we all made it through something so traumatic that, and that we're still here and we're still, you know, thriving. Like, I know you're doing amazing things as far, you know, your artwork and, and all of that. And I kind of wanted to touch, touch on that because I think I saw, I didn't realize you did artwork until I saw the rock with the mouth um, a, few, <laughs> like, a little while back. And it was the like creepiest, but like most incredible thing I think I've ever seen. And I'll, I'll definitely, uh, uh, you know, attach the, the link to your, um, your Instagram for your artwork on, onto the uh, show notes. But uh, yeah, where, when did you, have you always been artistic? Have you, is that something that kind of came more after your injury or you know, where did, where did that all come from? You know, I've always like just played a little bit with things here and there, but I've never really been that artistic. Again, I was more concerned about getting fucked up and expressing myself in more healthy ways and outlets. And I actually didn't become an artist until I became sober and it, 
really blew up. I, I, I've never been taught. I took a couple of wine paint classes over the years and that also was post-injury. I've never, you know, I'd hang out with my artist friends. I'm friends with amazing tattoo artists and I've been around while art is being created always. Like I've, I've been in the world of art, but I did not become an artist nor considered myself one until afterwards. And it's crazy. And I just got better and better and kind of found my style and what I like. And I just kept going and I, I'm in school now and I started full time back in August. And so my art career really has only been from March to August. And in that short amount of time, I made over a hundred commissions and I have substance in 30 different States and it just, it blew up. And I, I want to dedicate more time to get to do that, but I'm really focused on my studies right now. When, so what are you studying right now? So I have my associates in horticulture science currently, and I'm pursuing my bachelor's in plant and soil science with a minor in environmental science. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, you know, I've heard like over the years, like artists will say like, it's, it's, like therapy when I get in and I can paint and I can can kind of like you know block out that's what yeah that's exactly what it was and like the funny part and I don't know if you got to look at my page or anything but a lot of my content is dick and drugs and drinking and all of the things I was abstaining from like I love all things phallic like my favorite things to paint are dicks of all different (laughs) kinds like I, I love that shit. It's my jam, but it really, a lot of my content was things that I wanted to do, but couldn't participate in. So like I would paint things like lean bottles and fucking lots of drinking. And there were all kinds of like broken bottles and, but it was mostly things that I couldn't do while I was abstaining and I'm like well I'll paint about it (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah I could definitely see that in in some of your work it looks and and it's incredible I mean thank you it was really cool I know we need to I need to get a new logo for for the podcast we might have to collaborate on something um that'd be cool yeah yeah so that was that was my main question I just wanted to know if it it felt like uh you know almost therapeutic for for you to you know oh that art saved me in so many ways. I, I can't even, and really from March to August, like that's all I did. Like when I wasn't traveling and going to get tattooed and things like that, the, I was literally painting from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed. I was going to the post office every day to mail things. I mean, it, it saved my sanity, certainly. Oh, that, that's so cool. Uh, that's so cool that you're able to find that outlet. Um, you know, talking about your tattoos. So do you, were you, you're pretty well covered in tattoos. Um, and, I have a couple. <laughs> yeah, anybody can see on your, your Instagram page and everything. Um, so was that something that you were, uh, pretty into before your accident too, or is this like more, more of an after thing? I was already very heavily tattooed, like in comparison to somebody who's not tattooed. Like now I'm like super heavy tattooed. Like I'm very, but even when I got shot, I had my throat tattooed. I had my full sleeves. I had 
about half of my back done, big leg pieces, like my whole ribs inside. I, I, I still had at least 150 hours of work before I got hurt. That's very cool. And so is it, it's just kind of, have you designed any of your own tattoos now that um, you're doing the, uh, you know, that you're more into your kind of your artwork and stuff? Have, have you actually designed some of your own? No, I always give my artists kind of like what I want, but I think it's important to give artistic freedom with the people that I use. I trust entirely. And I know that they're going to deliver my expectation, but better. And I'll kind of be like, well, I want this. Let's you do what you want with it. And sometimes I don't even know what I'm getting until I get it. Like I got my, this one on my face. Like I didn't even, I was not planning on even getting tattooed by him. So it just shit happens. And like, I'm like, if I'm feeling it, I go with it. But I, only use tattoo artists that I trust entirely in the form of art. So I just, I, as long as you're on the same page, you're going to get something beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. I know all of your tattoos look very cool. I love the, the, the face tattoo. And the, yeah. All that looks great. I just got one last weekend too. I just got a big spider on my head. That's why I'm all like trying to keep my bangs out of my face. Like, yeah. I love it. That's no, that's so cool. I, I saw when you had posted it last week on Instagram it looked very cool. Um, and it still does healing up nice. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's almost, it's almost all healed. And like, I heal pretty fast, like fortunately. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I was wondering, you know, I see, I've seen a couple of things that you've done that, um, uh, like Instagram videos, or they might be from TikTok that you just put on Instagram. But, uh, like, I know when the, a couple of days ago, you put one where you like had your feet up on a table and uh, somebody comes up and it's like, what, why do you have your feet on the table? Like, I don't walk, leave me alone or whatever. Or there was one where uh, like, oh, if, if, if your boyfriend, if you and your boyfriend get in a fight and he tries to walk upstairs thinking he's getting away from you and you're like, start chasing him up the stairs, um, that, you know, that's <laughs> hilarious. And it, you know, it puts a, a funny spin on the injury and, and kind of, you know, lets it, you know, there's still a person, like a normal person, like, even though you have this injury and maybe you're in a wheelchair, um, you know, where did you, where does like the, the inspiration to, to come up with these videos come from is just kind of like, off the top of your head um and you make them or is it you know where where did the the word these come from honestly it's the stupidity of the public like truly these are things that have happened to me um in real life and a lot of so i'm really still new to tiktok like i did i didn't even mean to create a following i've just been posting stuff here and there and uh last month i've like got a pretty decent following as far you know comparatively and uh i was very ill prepared for trolls essentially and i'm very weird about putting myself out there like it was only in 2020 that i even changed my things from private or from private to public and i i get in my head really badly and i freak out and i was like what am i gonna do if like all these people are mean to me and pick on me like and you know i just in my head about it and then i actually started putting myself out there and 
I get so much love and the hate is so minimal that it's just like whatever and the statements and comments and things are so absurd like you can't even be offended I and also when you see where they're coming from it's like okay like <laughs> I don't even care right yeah yeah people say some wild stuff uh, especially on the internet from behind a computer yeah, or keyboard people or are very people are very concerned with how my plumbing works which I'm like baffled that people ask like really you know like and as far you know like even if I could because I'm fortunate like I have sensation and so I can feel my shit but even if I couldn't feel my vajayjay, you could still fuck me. Like, I mean, it's like, if it's there, you can still get it. Like, I just, I don't understand the, I don't know, naivety, oblivion, whatever it is. I, I, I finally understand that commonsensical things are not commonsensical to everyone. <laughs> yeah. And it's just crazy. And you don't, you know, and I don't know what it is, like, the male-female dynamic, but people don't ask dudes if their dicks still work, like, like they do females, and it's really offensive, and it's also comical, like, you know, you people are idiots, it's just like. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't realize how bad that, especially uh, women with, with it, disabled women, women with spinal cord injuries deal with so much more bullshit than the men do. That is the, the divas, the divas. I didn't even know that was a thing until I was paralyzed. And I also was so naive to the things that I didn't know it was predatory. Like, and I have gone up and down with all of the feelings and I was isolated for so many years and I craved attention and, and connection and things like that. And, for a very long time the internet was one of the only ways that I could do that and I'm trying to make friends and these people are predatory and I was just baffled I did not understand it yeah it's it's terrifying I had no idea I actually watched one of the live to roll women's episodes because Ashley and Nikki were on there um Ashley and Nikki Lorenz who I've you know, had on the show a couple of times and I just couldn't believe what they were even saying. I had no idea that this even existed, that there were these guys that, yeah, that called themselves devotees or whatever the hell it is. And, and that's so, so weird. Um, and yeah, I feel so bad for, for the women that have to deal with that stuff. It's just crazy. But um, that actually leads me to my next question because I wanted to know, I know you went on with Live to Roll as well and talked about like some of your sexual experiences um, and things like that. And, <laughs> I, you know, and you and some of your uh, some of your Instagram posts are, are pretty sexual in nature. And and even like I don't even really want to know about that necessarily as much as like just to in a greater extent you know, kind of how society looks at people with disabilities and you kind of are turning that on its, on its ear in more ways than one, not just in, you know, like posting sexually, you know, or not, not even sexually, whatever, um, you know, just sexual. Naked, the fact that I'm naked in my picture. The fact that you're naked and covered in bed, yeah, just hiding your breasts or whatever. So, uh, you know, 
I guess what it's called tasteful nudity is what I like to say. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but you know, that takes courage to put yourself out there like that too. So like, where does that, where do you get that from? And, and kind of what, what made you, I guess, what experiences have you had that like led you to the point where you're like, I don't care what people think, you know, I'm still a sexual being, even though I am disabled, I'm paralyzed, whatever the case may be. I did a photo shoot. (laughs) That's actually like what changed everything for me. And it was a nude photo shoot. It was for the authentic self challenge. And I still wasn't living on my own. Like I was still living at my family's home. I was really just kind of immersing myself into this SCI life. And a friend of mine asked me to be a part of this photo shoot. And I have another friend that has an aerial art studio with the silks and I did the photo shoot there and the pictures were so beautiful. And I just, I'm so insecure about so many things physically and just seeing that I still looked fine. You know, I'm like, I still look fine. I was like, wow. Okay. You know, and at that point I was still very unsure of myself and I also was like completely celibate and for the first oh like oh close to five years of my injury I didn't even let anyone so much as touch me I clearly had psychological issues from my injury and I also didn't think that anyone would ever be attracted to me I didn't think I was still appealing I was still attractive I didn't think any of those things I thought I was essentially a waste of space and like that's a terrible thought process but I know we all have those feelings being injured and I'm okay with that and I've accepted that and worked through that but um when I moved out on my own again it was like being 18 year old years old all over again I have my house and I'm going out drinking and partying and like figuring all of the things out again and it took me a long time to and I still struggle with this a little bit not as much but I didn't think people were hitting on me I thought people were just being nice I'm like oh I'm crippled they're being sweet like and no like they're trying to fucking smash like (laughs) like, uh, you know and I still do struggle with it a bit but um I do know that I am an alluring person and it's not all shallow people that exist and I have a lot to offer and now you know like I still, to a degree, use my body as a weapon. I like, I've, I've always used sex as, you know, a, I don't know, momentum. I was in the sex industry before I was hurt. Like I've been an exotic dancer and all of the things. And as a woman, I knew how to utilize that. And as while it's, you know, different, I could seduce people with my body which I still can to a certain degree like certain people but now I have to seduce people with my mind and charming personality which is so much more difficult (laughs) so uh, it's just it's really just owning your shit like I'm I'm very very confident and that makes me attractive like so I've been told and I I just keep rocking it and I as silly as it seems like even when I'm not being confident, I, I fake like I am. <laughs> like, I'm very insecure, but I'm very confident. And you wouldn't know I was, I'm very insecure unless I admitted it. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think you're definitely an inspiration for the for the entire disability community. Um, you know, Thank the way you. that you're able to put yourself out there. And, and I think the courage you show is really something that we, you know, all of us can definitely learn from. And even, yeah, even if sometimes you're having to fake it, you know, like you definitely seem that you're pulling it off. So, um, you know, I definitely appreciate it myself. And, and I'm sure, you know, I, you're, I think you're doing amazing things for the whole community by putting Thank yourself you. out there. So, um, you know, I wanted to, I said one last question for you, Bentley. And I was wondering, um, I always ask people that anybody who's has a spinal cord injury as well. Is there anything you do um, or that you found over the years, like that's kind of outside the box, like any kind of health tips, like supplements that you do or, or exercise routines that you, you've tried that um, have really helped you in your kind of recovery process? Honestly, immersing myself and my spirituality has made everything else come and I, you know, I'm omnistic and I use, I was raised Catholic and, you know, I have a very complicated relationship with religion and I, I'm not Christian nor believe that not, but like I said, I am omnistic. So I believe all religions have merit and I ha believe little bits of all of them essentially. And I am practicing shamanic practices, which is more of the medicine man and the way of the earth. And I take uh, medicine will classes and actually immersing myself in a healthy way and learning the medicine will is, has been amazing because you have the physical, the spiritual, the emotional and the mental. And when you get right physically, emotionally and physically, spiritual or I mean excuse me when you get right emotionally spiritually and physically then it all makes you right mentally and it's important to have a healthy outlet for everything for all four of those aspects and when I actually discovered my own spirituality that just made everything else fall apart you know like I started having more nerve rejuvenation. I'm healthier. I am more in tune. I practice a lot of mindfulness exercises and I meditate and I do all of the woo-woo things and, you know, it works for me. And regardless of what your beliefs are, having something to believe in, whether you're Christian or Muslim or Jewish or, you know, whatever, having that higher power to depend on and to feel the support from and to have blind faith in has made all of the difference. You know, while I'm, 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 you may be a Christian, you believe in God. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really a super religious person. I'm just, yeah. I'm more spiritual. But, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But what I'm saying like that, you know, somebody yeah. that's highly Christian, they believe in God. That's their higher power. Right. My, my higher power is the universe and they're the same thing. It's just a different name, you know, as far as I'm concerned. And that really helped me so much and changing the pharmaceutical dependency to more natural holistic methods changed everything as well. That's what got the ball rolling and got everything to where I could get right was getting off of all of the substances like truly 
Now that that's I I think you are such yeah like you're you're so uh, just I think people could get a lot from from listening to you and and uh, and you know how you you live your life I think is is amazing and uh, you know I, I definitely you. yeah I'm, I'm appreciative that you were willing to come on the podcast and share some of your stories with us and. I've, I've made time for you, man. Like I'm so busy. It's so crazy. As you saw, like we had to reschedule. <laughs> yeah. But... We scheduled a couple times, but no, I I'm yeah, it's, this was, this was a treat. I'm so thankful Bentley blaze that you uh, were willing to come on and talk to us. And I think uh, people, if you're not following her already, please do. You will get a lot out of it. Um, yeah. Like you're, you're amazing. And I hope we can do this again down the road sometime soon. I, w- I would love to come chat with you anytime. Would we make it work with our schedule? I would love to be here anytime you'd love to have me. We could talk about anything. My candor is flawless, as you can tell. Like, I don't give a fuck. I, I am an oversharer, if anything. <laughs> so I love it. I, think more, I, I wish more people were like you, Bentley. This is, uh, yeah, you're, you're awesome. So. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we will, we'll definitely keep in touch and hopefully do it again. Absolutely. All right. All right. That was the one and only Bentley blaze and Ricardo. I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say probably the coolest name of anybody that's been on the show. I thought my name was the coolest name. Uh, Bentley yeah, Blaze is yeah. a little, yeah, that's that a little is. cooler, yeah, man. She's way cooler than I am. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and I just want to thank her again. I, I thought it was just such a – it was – it felt good, like, talking to somebody that was so open and willing to yeah. to discuss anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things I really liked about it was, what you know, that she's open – she's an open book. But the whole thing that I really like was like, if you don't believe in something, right, you know, the universe, your God, whatever, your religion, yeah, you, you know, it helps people get through when you ask the question, you know, what do you do, um, you know, to, you know, is there any medicines or anything, mm-hmm. you know, any routines, any stuff that you ask of your guests, right, to help and share out there? Yeah. You know, um, I thought that was a great answer, you know, because, uh, you know, I was born Catholic I mean, not born Catholic. I was raised Catholic, and right. uh, I think you were probably. Do you I think remember? I might have been baptized. I didn't go through like communion and all that stuff, yeah. but I was it wasn't a practicing oh. Catholic. But I was, you know, I think yeah. I got baptized when I was a baby. Yeah, I'm sure your Oma would have forced it. Yeah, you know, so probably. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no, I really like that too because you know the you know believing in the because yeah I'm not a, I'm not a. I feel like I'm a spiritual person, not a religious person. And right, to me, right. that means that, that kind of ties into what she was saying with, you know, that she believes in the universe yeah. and, and I feel the same way. Like we're all connected and we're, you know, I don't know if there's one, one true God that we should all be worshiping or believing in, but I don't, I don't really tie myself to any one religion. I just say, you know, yeah be be, uh be good to other people and and you know yeah like you know the the whole um idea of karma right yeah right um is one of the things um uh you know and and believing that there's something out there bigger than you is really important i think yeah yeah absolutely you know so um, yes i thought that i thought that was very cool i thought um 
when me and her were discussing, yeah, I brought up the, cause she's very open on, on her social media about the, uh, her, her sobriety and like how long she's been sober, all these things. And I, I brought it up and was saying, you know, Hey, I know you've been clean and sober. She's like, well, hold on clean. You know, I, I still do use, uh, me, uh, whatever medicine, uh, plant medicine. And I was like, yeah, I love that. Cause I've heard somebody else call that. They say that that's California clean. Right. Right. So you're, if you, if you are, uh, if you just smoke weed, you're California clean. So, and that's, and I, and you know, I don't look at, we're, we're in Washington state. We're West coast, baby. We don't, we don't look at, uh, we don't look at weed as, as a drug anyway. Yeah, as so. a drug. yeah exactly. And, and you know, like, uh, my brother Carlos says, you know, uh, um, the, you got one girlfriend, Mary Jane, don't cheat on her. Right. <laughs> so there you go. There you yeah. go. Um, you, the other thing, you know, her, her art artwork is so good. And I was completely shocked that she told me yeah, I, when I asked her the question of whether or not she had done artwork before, or if this was something that just kind of came along after I was expecting her to say, no, of course I did it before, but she said, no, she had really never done any kind of artwork prior to her injury and that, that it's really like a great outlet for her. Yeah. And, therapy. Yeah. Th- yeah, exactly. Very therapeutic. And she's so good at it. It's, it's crazy. If, if anybody uh, wants to check it out, I'll, I'll attach it to her uh, Instagram page for her artwork to the podcast, but it, it's at road trip five N a C K it's like, and if you, basically spell snack with the number five instead of the s so it's road trip snack but it's a five instead of an s yeah so check that out it's very cool she i talked about the rock that she painted a mouth and a zipper onto that was just terrifying but also like so creative and and just amazing like it's it was very strange but that's that's uh, i loved it that's the gift dominic would give me right (laughs) (laughs) no kidding you know it is very cool though and and i i encourage everybody to go go check her out and yeah she's uh she's one of a kind man that's that's for damn sure yeah and uh, one of the other things is uh you know um you ask again you know about uh at the end of your podcast if there's anything that people do you know um, medically or what have you you know any therapies that they they work on and stuff like that and um you know she doesn't really have anything so but what i was wondering was um if the tattooing oh right well she also she said that that was like her spirituality or whatever was yeah. one of hers but yeah i mean i think uh, you know if there's some kind of like um you know acupuncture something you know okay yeah you know, i see where you're going yeah, yeah no I, I i have a couple of tattoos that i've gotten since my injury and yeah you know, I, I know i've heard of people saying like they just get addicted to it and can't stop you know like it's it 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 feels good or whatever the case is and i didn't have that kind of reaction but i do i did like it and there's some other stuff i want to do but yeah i i could very well see you know like you it's almost like feeling something you know yeah, exactly when yeah. you can't feel so you know when yeah. you can't feel part of your body it's like well i want to feel as much as i can yeah. on the part that i can feel or something like that yeah that uh, that would have been a good question yeah. damn it ricardo we should start uh, collaborating on these <laughs> these interview questions ahead of time yeah <laughs> so but yeah no and and uh you know i think that 
that that goes kind of into into her artistic outlet too because even though she doesn't design her own tattoos she you know kind of collaborates like gets a vibe with with the tattoo artist and um you know it's so so it's almost like her body's the canvas at that point right Right. so exactly um yeah yeah i think i think that definitely definitely plays in so yeah she's she's amazing though and and i yeah i really can't can't thank her enough and yeah i think we're gonna you're gonna get her back right yeah eventually we'll definitely have her back on she's i could have talked to her for hours man she it was very easy conversation you could hear some uh noises in the background that was brandon uh he had come over and like walked in and out of the door like the front door like four times and uh was like kept walk i could see him behind me on the zoom call she probably thought like what the hell is going what uh, brandon is no what kind of shit show are these guys <laughs> running over here so yeah. apologize to her for that um so i got a weird weird tall man walking around in the back of my back of my zoom video um but yeah so a- anyway we're gonna uh we're gonna take next week off so we'll be back in two weeks from today all right and yeah, we're gonna just take some much needed, uh, much needed time we're and talk about travel. Hopefully. Yeah, we're gonna on this. Uh, yeah, we're gonna moving forward here. We're gonna really dive into some travel, uh, you know, disabled travel topics. Um, some people that have had crazy experiences. Um, some people to come on and talk about like what to really watch for and um, you know just some tips for for traveling with a spinal cord injury. Which I'm very interested in. I've yeah, never, yeah, I haven't it's, traveled it's uh, different by for plane. Quadriplegic people and yeah. you know versus uh, somebody who's a paraplegic. Well, there and I think they're introducing some legislation to try to force airline companies to first class or, have a have a row removed from first class. And I don't even think they would have to remove the row completely. They could like you know if because I, I don't know. You've flown much more than I have, but when before my accident, I don't ever remember seeing somebody in a wheelchair getting on or off of a plane. Oh no, there's no. So there's no I mean, way. you got to think like there's not that many people traveling in in wheelchairs. So right. if you're not, you know, if, if there's nobody on the plane in a wheelchair, you can. There's got to be a way to make a seat r- removable. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, we're gonna anyway. Yeah, we're gonna dig into some of that stuff, and uh, and yeah, we're gonna keep it moving and we'll be back in a couple of weeks and we hope you guys all have a great healthy and happy couple of couple of weeks and we'll be back well thanks for having me back again jeremy oh no i appreciate you coming down and uh, hopefully brandon's uh on the road to recovery from whatever illness or Get over allergies sniffles. he's got yeah gives away a kidney but he can't uh, hang out mr sniffles. sniffles mr yeah. sniffles all right <laughs> okay. anyway talk to you guys later <laughs>